This is Luke Moroney for the Daily Property Search Podcast. And what I'd like to talk to you all about today is, do you analyze or overanalyze property investing? Before I get into this topic, just a disclaimer that this podcast is for general purposes only and should not be regarded as legal or financial advice. Make sure you get your own independent advice when it comes to investing. So when it comes to property investing, are you a person that takes action and moves forward with some knowledge and experience and education behind you? Or do you analyze and overanalyze and overanalyze when you're looking at property deals? So I wanted to put this thought out because I do speak to people quite often, clients or potential clients that tend to look at all the information and need to know every single point about the property. And I think it's really good to, to, to see and, and review a property deal, know what's going on in, the, in that area, um, in, that, in that suburb, um, with that house, to really get a good idea about what you're doing. And I think it's even more important to have a great team of people around you, people that have done it before, have the experience, the skills, the knowledge themselves around making those relationships with agents each and every day or with buyers each and every day, oh, sorry, I should say sellers each and every day to make sure that they're getting the best deals for you. So we really need to have a look at, at this whole thing about analyzing and overanalyzing, especially the overanalyzed side. This is where people procrastinate, procrastinate and never do anything in terms of investing. And be sure that through your investment journey, that you are going to make mistakes. It's a foregone conclusion. We all make mistakes in investing. No investor will say that their property has gone up and doubled in three years, every single property they had. So in saying that, there are some investors that have really good investment properties in their portfolio and some that have probably done a little bit average. It might be to a certain extent that sometimes you know, they've had a few a few duds in that portfolio. And I know growing my portfolio, my first one was a bit of a bit of a horror. Um, eventually, because I held it, had some patience, and it grew in value. But I tried to manage tenants on my own and I had no growth in the first 10 years of the property. So there's some significant errors that I made. But once I overcome that, I got some people in place, I started taking action, going to seminars, really learning a lot about property investing. And it was my ability to, when I felt something that was really good, that I went ahead, took action, and then repeated that um, several times. And now I have a property portfolio of 30 properties. So if you're someone who over, uh, you know, analyzes and overanalyzes property deals, maybe this might be for you. And maybe if you're just first starting out, some of these ideas might be for you. Or if you're not sure where you're going in future, some of these thoughts might be for you. So my first point I'd like to make is education and knowing the market is really important. It's important that we have an understanding about what we're buying. And the more knowledge and experience that you have, the probably better chance that you're going to have success. Now, you're not going to have all that experience from day one. And there's going to be some sort of leap of faith or trust in others that you're going to have to put in place or you're doing it on your own and it's an even more leap of faith, especially if you don't know those markets and you're not there each and every day spending time on the ground, talking to agents, getting an understanding of the areas. 
getting a really good guide of if this is going to be a potential property investment that's going to serve you so much better in future. So education and market knowledge, vitally important, but I believe that the experience outweighs all of those things. The experience that you're going to gain over time, the lessons you're going to learn are vitally important in your growth as a property investor. And I guess as growth for me as a buyer's agent. So if you're looking for a career later on in the property sector, well, those lessons that you learn when you've got skin in the game, when you're actually investing in property yourself are going to be even more valuable. Obviously, you don't want, don't want to get yourself to a perspective of, of actually making those huge failures, putting yourself in, in financial ruin. But if you can you know, get through those hard times, whether it's in jobs or investing, and you can you know, grind and hustle through those periods of time, you come out the other side and you start to get even better on some of these deals and, and, and get, manufacture the growth or wait a, a few years for that growth to actually happen. So important to get those education and marketing experience, but I don't think it's the be all and end all. I think experience and I feel like experience is a big factor that people don't often consider too much of. The second point I like to make is be careful of what the data is telling you. So someone who's analyzing and overanalyzing is reading through data and research that's provided by either the media, the property media, um, when I talk about media, say mainstream media, property media, and they're referring to you know information that's gained from all different sources. Really testing out and finding out, you know, are these sources independent? Who's actually writing them? Are they writing them from a factor of for their benefit or their bias or something that they're selling? So you've really got to get a strong indication for yourself when you're reading the information. Are you educated and experienced and knowledgeable enough to dig a little deep and maybe find some of those underlying those underlining stories? You know, what is really is the data being manipulated? Is the data relevant to what's going on with you or is it telling you a different story altogether? Is it overly positive? Is it overly negative? Can you get an article or some information that is contradictory to that? And then start forming your opinions around that data. So it's great to be in a situation where you're reading and researching and learning along the way, but it's important to actually have the knowledge, the skills and experience to able to be in, to get yourself in an ability to interpret this data. So be careful of what you're reading and what you're seeing and whose opinions you're actually listening to. Because obviously, like myself, I'm buying in the Brisbane market. So I'm going to talk a lot about the Brisbane market. Now, I've been talking a lot about the Sydney market in the last couple of years, and I sold my property that I live in. I'm practicing what I preach, and I didn't believe at that time that it was a good idea to buy in Sydney. And probably back in 2015, I still didn't think and I, was, I felt like it was a high-risk time to buy in Sydney. Now, for those two years, things did go really well. But I, th- I felt if things turned around in lending and, and it seemed like it was in late 2015, but they let it go again, that we would be in a situation that was high-risk. 
So those people made a little bit of money, a little bit, a lot of money during, you know, end of 15 through 16, and maybe the start of 2017, but things have come back dramatically since then. So that was the high risk idea for me. My third point I'd like to make is almost all property in Sydney between 2012 and 2017 grew by 50% plus. So if you purchased back in 2012, you would have made a 50% increase on your property value, almost all property. And it's probably, you know, somewhere between 90 and 90, 99% of property would have made a significant amount of money. And if you purchased well, you would have seen growth of 70% in your property. Now, when I say that sort of information, we just look at property markets around and people kind of try to pick these hot spots. And yeah, there's going to be a differential of 10, 15, maybe 20%. But if that whole market does exceptionally well, isn't it like throwing a dart at a dartboard when it comes to that city? Do we actually need to analyze and overanalyze some of these property markets or just buy up as much as the property that we can? I guess the consideration for a lot of people is they've got the ability to buy one property and they want to make significant amount of growth and opportunity through that one property. But I guess for me, it's more about the lessons that you can learn along the way than the money you're going to actually make. Like you don't want to put yourself in, in, in dire straits and learn significantly bad lessons and you get yourself into um, absolute carnage when it comes to your finances. But if you go into markets and you've done some research and you've got the right people around you and they're going into markets that are looking to grow in the next three to five years, why can't it be like Sydney? And then even if it grew 30 40%, that's a significant amount of money that you've made on your property investing. And if you can repeat that and grow your property portfolio over time, you're going to have a significant amount of wealth in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years if you're holding on to that property. So sometimes the analyzing and the overanalyzing is, it could be to your detriment because you go into markets where you know, the experts and the, and the experienced people are buying and you pick a property that, that is, is well-researched and doesn't have all the warts around it, well, you're going to do fairly well at that pro- on that property. Now, if you made 50%, would you be happy with it? Yes. If you made 70%, would you be over the moon with it? Yes. Even if you made 40%, people still would be happy with that. I guess you've got to think about the, where the greed takes over there, but that's an, uh, a topic for another day. But I guess the message is, is analyzing, overanalyzing some of this information, some of the data that are out there, you get to the state that you're not purchasing for a year or two or three or five, and you wish that you would have purchased back in 2012 in Sydney and you didn't. And you've missed out on all that growth. And now you come to 2018, 2019 now and you think about what what to do. And a lot of people get to that stage where they kind of have that fear of missing out, that FOMO effect, and they're bought in 2017, they're bought in 2018 because they've never felt that they would ever be able to afford in Sydney for their own home. But even as an investor, 
some people would never buy anywhere but Sydney because this is where everyone wants to live. Markets don't never go down. But in actual fact, we've seen a decline since 2017, almost two years now of 15% declines in the Sydney property market. We did 10% reduction in 2018. And there's a good chance that we might have somewhere between a 7 and 10% reduction this, this year in 2019. So hopefully that helps you think about analyzing and over-analyzing property, uh, property investing data and information. Hopefully that maybe triggers something with you. And maybe if you're someone who is analyzing and over-analyzing, maybe you need to team up with someone that is a balance of you. Someone that who is an action taker and then gets moves forward. And you can learn a lot of them and their ways. And maybe you balance out that the discussions with instead of not buying for a year or two or three, that you get it done in three or maybe six months so that you'll ease your way into it, but at the same time, look to actually make a purchase. And that's the key. If you'd like to discuss your property investing further, please do give me a call on 0400-332-377. And I look forward to chatting with you very soon. And thank you so much for tuning in. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.